This is Report Back, the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America podcast. Our chapter is made up of 1,000 members in 16 issue-based committees where the heart of our organizing happens. This is a praxis-centered podcast where we talk about the tactics and strategies of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. I'm David Hellman. I'm a rank-and-file member of DSA, although I am also a member of the Reading Analysis Discussion Group now. And um, and why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Tyler Brown. I am uh, also a rank-and-file member of DSA San Francisco, a former co-chair and mobilizer from the Climate and Environmental Justice Committee. And thanks for talking to me, Tyler. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to talk about the Green New Deal guiding principles, which this week were uh, proposed to be endorsed by the chapter by way of an online vote. I thought maybe we would actually save the results of the vote for later for like dramatic narrative structure. Okay, great. Okay, so maybe we could just start off uh, talking about what is the DSASF Climate and Environmental Justice Committee, and maybe you could just summarize briefly the kind of work the committee has done in the past. Sure. Uh, yeah, we've been around for about a year and a half now um, in DSASF, and we work on projects um, that basically try to bring an eco-socialist lens to local issues here in San Francisco uh, and support and learn from other in environmental justice groups in the Bay Area and kind of provide opportunities for um, DSASF comrades to also get outside and enjoy you know, our beautiful Bay Area. So. A couple of things we've worked on uh, include helping uh, support and form the San Francisco Public Bank Coalition, which um, we really see that as an eco-socialist project because it's uh, potential to divest from fossil fuels and invest in sustainable projects like renewable energy and dense housing. Um, we've been working on uh, to try to hold PG&E uh, responsible for uh, really the, the campfire um, disaster that happened and other fires that they've been responsible for and to work to build a publicly owned and decarbonized PG&E. Um, uh, we've been working to support the residents of Bayview Hunters Point uh, against the outrageous and racist environmental fraud that's been happening at the Navy shipyard. Um, we've also been doing a bunch of sort of healthy outdoor activities like beach cleanups, urban farm volunteer days, fun things like birding, and organizing the chapter camping trip and occasionally having talks and movie nights around sort of eco-socialist themes. So for example, Princess Mononoke, we had a movie night and um, hosting authors like Ashley Dawson who wrote Extreme Cities at City Lights. So those are some of the things we've been working on. Well, it sounds actually really diverse and a lot of fun. It's actually one area of DSA I haven't really been involved with much except for showing up for one Green New Deal protest, but uh, it sounds like a fun one with all the outdoor stuff in the movies too. Yeah, we, and we try to make those accessible to the whole chapter to participate in, and um, try to remember that you know that we actually live in a really beautiful space, um, part of the world, and try to take advantage of that. That's awesome. Uh, let's talk about the Green New Deal principles. Um, first, I wanted to ask you: Are they published anywhere yet? Can people actually go read these so they have context while we're talking? Yes, there is. Um, they are uh, published on a Google Doc that's 
um, by the eco-socialist uh, DSA National Working Group. This is David from the future butting in quickly to say, you can read the uh, Green New Deal Guiding Principles at ecosocialists.dsausa.org and click on Statements. But they have not been endorsed, uh, promoted yet as a, as a national um, campaign because really it's been a process of sort of feedback and communication. Um, and the Eco-Socialist Working Group is looking, you know, first received a bunch of, uh, they, they published sort of a proposal and got feedback from different individual members, individual members of the National Working Group voted on it. And now they're looking for uh, chapter support. I see. So how would you frame what are the Green New Deal principles broadly and how are they formulated internally? Sure. So, I mean, the Green New Deal as a general principle has kind of been around for a while. Uh, some people attribute Thomas Friedman, who's certainly no friend to uh, socialists, as the person who coined the term in 2007. Um, President Obama, Van Jones, had a green jobs program um, that sort of loosely used this Green New Deal um, uh, phrase. But sort of in its contemporary incarnation, what I, what I see and a lot of folks see as its sort of radical proposition is that our ecological problems are also our social problems and our, our ecological problems are caused by social problems, um, but also vice versa. So to solve one, we really have to solve uh, the other. And it's sort of a rejection of really technology focused solutions or um, sort of technocratic solutions like passing a carbon tax and hoping that you know we can sort of nudge the market in one direction or the other. It's about remaking our society, um, and also really centering the frontline communities who are going to feel the impact the most and, and hold a lot of these solutions. Uh, so that's sort of what I see as the um, sort of very broad framework of, um, of the Green New Deal. So that's, that's so interesting to me because, you know, I guess um, prior to this, um, the, the maybe more traditional framing for environmentalism or environmental concern is more a kind of uh, maybe this is just a kind of liberal media framing that, that I grew up with was more about, um, I suppose, a personal responsibility framing where we have to all kind of tighten our belts and worry about this thing individually. Whereas what you're describing is a more holistic view of how our ecological crisis is intertwined with capitalism and uh, inequality, broadly speaking. And so to address the ecological situation, we have to also address inequality. And there's actually a lot of opportunity there for many of us to come out of this, um, I suppose, with something to gain, even though we're dealing with a crisis. Yeah, I agree. I think that there is um, there's the opportunity to really understand that, that the issues of sort of exploitation writ large that are a problem in our society uh, are really connected to this ecological problem. And so we actually have an opportunity to sort of really um, bring to the forefront the idea that, you know, we need to make some radical changes um, to our political economy. And it's not just an issue like you were talking about of um, sort of personal uh, lifestyle choices, or it's not about austerity and the fact that like everyone has to, um, just personally restrain themselves. It's actually about reorganizing society to understand that there actually is a lot of abundance 
on this earth. And if we share it equitably and understand that there are ecological limits that we can live in, um, it actually has the potential to be uh, a much better and more beautiful world. So you mentioned um, Van Jones and Tom Friedman. Uh, did we already talk about AOC and... Uh... No, we did not. Yeah, okay. so, the, so the kind of recent um, iteration that popped out of um, the interest came out of uh, some folks from the Sunrise Movement who were building off of previous uh, work from Climate Justice Alliance and others. Um, and, and it really have kind of took off when uh, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, took on this as a major um, plank. And recently her and uh, I think Jeff Markey, I'm forgetting his first name. Oh, Ed Markey. Ed Markey. So, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and Murky proposed this resolution, which is really a framework. Um, it's not, you know, legislation um, for uh, what a Green New Deal would look like. And I think they get a lot of the frameworks right of the Green New Deal, but uh, the DSA Eco-Socialist Working Group helped uh, create uh, this set of principles that uh, is a little more explicit about maybe an eco-socialist vision. Um, and so... I guess I can kind of talk about a few of those, uh, few of those points. So, just reading from some of the main goals, I really encourage folks to read the full list of principles um, because it's a really it's a good document. Um, yeah, but here's a few of the sort of main goals: um, decarbonizing the economy fully by 2030, uh, democratizing control over major energy systems and resources centering the working class in a just transition to an economy of societal and ecological care, uh, decommodifying survival by guaranteeing living wages, health care, child care, housing, food, water, energy, public transit, a healthy environment, and other necessities, demilitarizing, decolonizing, and striving for a future of international solidarity and cooperation. Uh, and this includes recognizing the sovereignty of indigenous peoples, which I think is uh, definitely important for us here in San Francisco being on Ohlone, Ohlone land, uh, and redistribution and diversion of funds away from policing prisons and our government's bloated military budget. These principles kind of take on a more explicit stance on decommodification, dem democratization, and demilitarization and decolonization. A lot of Ds, <laughs> a lot of things we have to undo. So it's both a vision for um, how to build a new world and also how to kind of undo the historical wrongs. So would it be fair to say that uh, given AOC and Ed Markey's initiative, um, the um, eco-socialist working group wanted to seize this and kind of reframe it to ensure that this would be um, a radical Green New Deal with grassroots pressure behind it to keep the vision intact as it's moved forward and as other politicians begin to maybe co-opt it or to claim to support it in order to be viable candidates and so on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what's kind of exciting right now is that the Green New Deal can kind of mean a lot of things. Um, and so as, as socialists, we have to kind of stake out what, what we think it means and try to make it as radical as possible. Um, it's kind of a really fascinating moment um, to try to uh, just imagine what we really want want the world to look like. How did you uh, develop this within the uh, eco-socialist working group? How how were these uh, tenants arrived at, and what would, what was the discussion like? 
Uh, so I wasn't directly involved in the writing. There's an eco-socialist national working group um, that has basically sent out, uh, drafted a charter. They, they've had probably internal um, communications around that and then provided, uh, asked for feedback um, from members, which so I'm one of the members and um, provided some feedback. And, uh, and, and then they sent it out to... Uh, see to hold a vote among all the individual eco-socialist working group members um, and that passed I believe unanimously among sort of national DSA members who are part of the eco-socialist working group. I see so that was prior to the vote this week within the SF chapter? Yes so that was sort that was for the national eco-socialist working group to get a sense of do the members who are, who are you know consider themselves eco-socialists that are active in this committee think this is a good I see uh, a good set of principles and once that was established they said you know let's go out um, instead of bringing it to for a national measure that they, they wanted to go and, and check in with the chapters and see if they could get chapter support so maybe now would be a good time to talk about what actually happened this week within the chapter we had a vote an online vote and I believe we needed at least 50 percent of our membership to vote for quorum, otherwise it wouldn't be, the result wouldn't matter. And uh, what was the result? Do you have the figures? I, I do have them in case you don't have them in front of you. <laughs> uh, I believe the uh, I, the results were unanimous in, unanimous in favor. I believe it was 119 votes in favor. Yes. And I read that quorum was 112, so we were just seven votes above the minimum. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, we kind of, once we achieved quorum, we, uh, I was prepared to sort of hustle and uh, reach out to more members. Um, but we decided once we reached quorum, we didn't need to hassle too many, uh, too many folks more. So we kind of took our foot off the gas once we achieved quorum. And during these votes, it is a hustle, like you said. I mean, I'm getting text messages and their calls going out, please vote. It takes a lot of effort to even to get people to just vote online. You have to make sure everybody's aware within the several day window to do so. Yeah, it's a tight window. I mean, it's a it's a it's an interesting process. There there was a lot of really important business that happened at the last uh, live chapter meeting, which was why we decided to do it online. And there was a deadline that the National Eco Socialists wanted us to hit. So we thought we'd give it a shot on the online. And it's really great to think about, you know, this is um, not a super controversial. Um, yeah measure but all, but enough people thought you know what we care about these we're going to go in we're going to remember what our password is if we forgot it and um and vote and i think that's uh, uh i think that's special that we have that many people who who care yeah i mean i i feel like no matter what area you're focused in uh, within activism um the climate crisis is something everybody's aware is going to affect all of us profoundly and I do think this is also a really well-written set of um, principles. So yeah, I do encourage everybody to look it up and read it. Um, how, how are these Green New Deal principles different from our previous endorsements of the Green New Deal? Sure. I mean, the, we had a previous endorsement of a PG&E resolution that included the Green New Deal sort of as a principle in general, um, trying to connect our local um, kind of struggle to democratize and um, have public uh, accountability for PG&E. And so we mentioned the Green New Deal in there. But this really spells out uh, what the Green New Deal means to us as a chapter. 
How do you see uh, adopting these principles actually affecting our, our chapter in practice? Um, yeah, I guess adopting these principles, I think, affirms our commitment to an eco-socialist um, approach. Uh, it helps align our work with, um, or it really helps align that vision with a lot of the work we've already been doing, um, such as the Bayview Hunters Point environmental fraud, preventing displacement, um, anti-imperialism work, kind of just utilities, socialist feminism. So we've been doing a lot of these things that fit broadly under the eco-socialist mantle. But, um, you know, I think we've seen in history a number of socialist projects that aren't necessarily more ecologically uh, sustainable. For example, you know, the Soviet Union or Venezuela and its kind of oil reliance. And those are complicated histories. But I think it's important that kind of we state from the start that there are ecological limits and that we're trying to build a project that's cognizant of um, restoring our human relationship to the land and uh, creating a, a sustainable and just um, society. So I think one thing that it helps um, do is also sort of reframe the local political discourse of what's possible and what the timeline needs to be. And it sort of says that we need to act immediately to build you know, affordable social housing. We have to prevent displacement now. We have to shut down pollution. We have to turn PG&E into a public utility. We have to make public transit free. I think it sort of helps us understand that we have to accelerate the timeline and that our demands aren't in many ways as radical as a, a lot of people want us to think they are. I guess I'll give another example is that we were, I was down at a protest in Baby Hunters Point against the developer Lennar, um, and there was a sign that said, we need a Green New Deal for Bayview. And so I think it sort of shows that these fights are not isolated. They're part of a bigger problem. And I think as socialists, that's one of our main selling points is we have kind of a cohesive framework for understanding a lot of the social ills. Mm -hmm. How it's all connected. Yeah, exactly. So how does this this uh, resolution become the, the larger strategy to win a Green New de Deal in the United States? How do you see it projecting out from the Bay Area to maybe to affect the national context uh, and the stage where AOC and Markey are, are presenting their uh, initiatives? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly the numbers for national legislation aren't good right now, um, but the Green New Deal, I don't, it's not going to be one piece of legislation. It'll be a sort of suite of things like the last New Deal. Um, and so I think we'll just ha have to tackle kind of individual national policies as they develop. Um, but I think kind of, you know, laying out our, uh, our framework for what we think the Green New Deal should be is really important. And already I, I know AOC has taken some feedback from Climate Justice Alliance and folks at I think Cooperation Jackson and other frontline groups about really how to frame the Green New Deal. So. I think it is important for us to be a part of that national conversation. Um, the other thing that I think is important is that, you know, the Green New Deal is going to be pretty require uh, hyper local implementation. Um, so we have to start kind of planning and preparing for the potential of um, of national legislation by also building in um, our own local plans for transportation, housing, land reform. Um, agriculture. So the stuff that we do locally is going to have to fit into a larger picture. But um, 
it's going to have to be hyper local as well. And so it's kind of on us to also envision what what it's going to look like here. So what what is next right now for the Green New Deal eco-socialism and how can people get involved right now? Uh, yeah, so how to get involved. I mean, locally here at the San Francisco chapter, we have a couple things coming up. We have um, week meetings uh, twice a month, regular meetings on Sundays. Uh, and you can email climatejustice at dsasf.org to find out about those. We have a monthly climate change decompression series where we uh, actually sit in the park and kind of talk about our feelings and thoughts about climate change. You know, it can be a kind of emotional thing, and sometimes we can rush to analyze it, um, but giving space to kind of talk about, yeah, all the stuff that we're feeling. Um, we have a couple other things coming up, a birding with comrades event on April 14th and the spring cookout on April 4th. Um, so there's a lot of good activities to just enjoy or some work to be done um, as well. And then nationally, there's a eco-socialist uh, working group. So you can join that. You can go online to, um, I think it's dsausa.org slash working groups, eco-socialist, um, something like that. And uh, we can put it in the show notes, maybe. Sure, yeah. And um, and join the conversation there as well. That's awesome. I mean, again, it just sounds like the uh, Eco-Socialist Working Group is an example of how working on these incredibly pressing and serious issues is also um, also involves necessarily a lot of, um, frankly, fun community stuff. And congratulations on, on the results of the vote. I guess everybody's happy about it because it was unanimous. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for your time, Tyler, and I really appreciate uh, you talking to me. Okay, great. Thanks so much, David. Once more, to read the Green New Deal Guiding Principles, you can go to ecosocialists.dsausa.org and click on Statements, and you'll find it there. You can also follow the DSA Ecosocialists on Twitter at DSA underscore Enviro. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 48 states. We are an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org. To find out what our local chapter is up to, visit dsasf.org. Our intro music is by Young Chomsky.